I know how to do this stuff. I know, I swear I do. I know how to do stuff. The stuff, I'm just not doing it. I have no motivation. Where does our motivation go? How do we find it? Where does it live? So many questions. Let's discuss. You are listening to ADHD Big Brother, the podcast for adults struggling with their ADHD and comorbid depression symptoms. I'm your host, Russ Jones, author of Descending to the Top, believer that you can actually have a smile in your life despite this diagnosis. So let's make some sense out of this struggle. Let's learn some stuff. Let's laugh at some stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, here's some stuff. Hello there. Thank you for having me over today. These Mondays are so nice. I want to say a quick hello to Nicole, left a super nice quick review on iTunes and used three exclamation points, which for ADHD, that's exactly how you use exclamation points. One exclamation point, that's like using a period to us. It's just making a sentence, making a statement. And then using a period is like, what did I do to you? Why are you so angry? Are you being sarcastic? Periods are like the cold shoulder of ADHD punctuation. We rarely use them. Three exclamation points. That's how you properly express uh, excitement. And Nicole did that. And I felt it. And thank you, Nicole. And I want to shout out to Shay, who connected with me on Facebook. Oh, such a warm, encouraging note. Put a big smile on my face. We connected. But I want to thank you publicly, Shay, right now. That felt so good, and I really appreciated uh, you reaching out, and uh, it was awesome. Thank you. Let's talk motivation. This is very timely because I'm a bit under the weather right now, and I'm not motivated to do anything. I'm not motivated to do this podcast, but I really like you guys, and I made a promise to myself that I was going to release one of these every Monday, and I'm not effective enough to like tee up four or five of these for Justin Casey's. I basically write it during the week, record it on a Sunday, and then I skladoosh it out to you on Monday. I'm also not motivated to do my college stuff, but I'm doing it anyway. I'm not motivated to shower, so I didn't shower. I didn't want to go outside, so I didn't go outside. I didn't want to clean, so I didn't clean. I'm just not motivated. Let's dissect this a little bit, uh, if you want. Some, <laughs> if you want. <laughs> hey, call me if you don't want to do this. Uh, just give me a call while we're recording. Some stuff that I'm not motivated to do, I'm still doing. And some stuff I'm not motivated to do, I'm not doing. Why? My belief is that the things that I'm doing that I don't feel like doing, I'm doing them anyway because of the consequences. I don't give a shit about the rewards right now. The first consequence is that if I fail a class, I'd lose the commitment grant. I wouldn't be able to go to college. So that's a pretty big consequence. And that keeps me going. I still had to set a work session and then put it on a timer in order to turn my assignments in on time. There's no such thing in my world as I'm going to study today. That will always get pushed off because there's never, ever, ever, never, ever a, a motivation to study something that I'm not interested in. So knowing that I have the consequence, I set the schedule, I set the timer, and I slog it out. And I take breaks and I set timers, but I'm never off leash of a timer when it comes to that kind of stuff. And the other one is the podcast. And that consequence is about not wanting to let you guys down, about not wanting to break my promise to myself about like, um, well, I, I don't have a good business mentality, um, uh, but this podcast, this is the one thing that I made a promise to myself would be, this is my way of helping people. This is the free space where I can... Uh, consistently help and while I'm working to build the other ways to financially support myself and my kids and stuff. But uh, I made a promise to crank one of these bad boys out every Monday. But what about the stuff that I'm not doing? 
Well, let's look at the consequences. I think uh, a shower, that would be good. I mean, it would make me feel refreshed, but I didn't shower yesterday because I had no motivation. So what's the consequence? There's My kids are with their mom on the weekends. So I mean, what do I care that if, if I stink a little bit? I'm good. I'm good with my own stink. I'm sure it would feel great, but I can't see myself feeling great in the future. I can't experience that. So I'm always in the moment. And in the moment, I'm just not up for it. But then I think about it. If I had company coming over, I would shower. I would be motivated to shower. So it's interesting how when things are external, if I've, if I've put some accountability outside of myself, if things are external, they're more likely to happen. What I'm wondering, and this is me wondering, this is me, this is us having a conversation right now. Feel free to email me because, uh, you know, it's, it's a conversation. It's two-sided here. Uh, email me your thoughts on the matter. You guys know I love hearing from you. I think people who are like me, and maybe that means ADHD, maybe that means depression, maybe that means they divorced guys in their 40s that have two kids. I, I don't know. But if I'm not excited about a thing, then rewards are very difficult for me to cling on to. Like if I'm not excited about something that I, I typically need a consequence or the reward would have to be that I get to quit doing it. It's not necessarily an achievement reward like, hey, I'll have six pack abs in six months. Let's go. It's more of a uh, like I said I would do it for 40 minutes. I did it for 40 minutes. I get to freaking quit this nightmare. The reward is that I get to stop. And then I let this real reward, this thing that this benefit of it all, I'll let that sneak up on me down the road. But it's not a factor in motivating me initially. Is that how you guys are? Now, I want to caveat to this stuff because I'm never confident talking about the brain and the science behind the brain. I, I think it's just, it's a big pile of spaghetti that zips and zaps and just you know, just because you know where it's zipping and zapping from, like, hey, that's where, that's located in the prefrontal cortex lobe. It just doesn't help me because it's not like an arm or a finger that I can manipulate and play around with. And visually, I can try and get it to do stuff. It's inside my head. I can't even feel it. It's neat to know, but I just am never up for talking about it because I never really feel like, hey, well, we're, we're looking for dopamine. The, the dopamine receptoblasters that are located in the thalamus. So let's just know that because of some science... We have a very hard time motivating, and sciencey science tells us that we are dopamine deficient. Okay, they gave the neurotransmitter blaster a name. Okay, and the way to get that dopamine is to do all the things that people with ADHD and depression struggle to do. So it's a real pickle we're in. We got ourselves into a real pickle here. You need motivation to exercise? Okay, good. Well, all you have to do is go for a jog. Do a workout so that you can have the motivation to work out. Okay. Good talk, Troy. This is my current metaphor for these shenanigans. I can think of motivation to do stuff as being like we're these marionettes, you know, these puppets with strings, you know, like Pinocchio, you know, but, with, you know, the strings are all attached and we're manipulating the strings to get ourselves to do things. You can really focus on the movements, right? And improve upon your puppeteering the more that you do it, the more practice that you get. But then if you look over, if you look over there and there's ADHD Russ, he's pulling his marionette out of the case and it's just a big old jumble of like tied up strings. They're all tied up. They're in knots. And he really wants to do the show to use the puppet to exercise, quote unquote. But he's got to figure out how to undo all these knots before he can even play with the puppet. He can't even get started until he figures out how to get everything in line and set up correctly and the other puppeteers, they're all like, hey, Russ, come on, man, you know, 
You know how to puppeteer. We've seen you with your puppet, dude. We know you got it in you. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I know how to puppeteer, okay? I know that, but I can't. I can't get started. And the frustration mounds, and that's so it's a pretty damn accurate description um, for me, for sure. And if we play this out over our adulthood, and we look at it over the course of the years and years of trying to untangle a puppet, it would attach so much negativity to a task that I, I would imagine that the mere thought of some tasks might just automatically bring to mind a tangle of the puppet. Like, I don't even want to open that case because I know what I'm going to find. And we're like, but we're just talking about doing the dishes. Yeah, and those dishes are the tangliest for me. This metaphor to me, it informs me that there are steps before the steps. Normies might be able to just get those puppets out and start the show. We have a process of untangling to do prior to our kick-butt puppet show. And this is why you may hear about setting up the environment prior to doing the task, or removing as many obstacles to getting started as you can think of, removing as many points of tension uh, that would create too much strain to get moving forward, looking for the easiest point of entry into the task. These are all untanglers. Here's a dramatic example, but this was totally true. This morning, I could not get out of bed. I was paralyzed. I was stuck in my head, and I just laid there. I was self-aware of my state, but I just couldn't move. I'd say to myself, okay, let's just get the day going. Couldn't move. And then so I started just taking it smaller. And I was like, okay, just get up and make a cup of coffee. Coffee's good. I want coffee. It's too big. Couldn't move. Even though I wanted coffee. And then it was like, just get out of bed. Couldn't do it. And it was like, okay, put my feet on the ground. Wouldn't move. Uh, What about just sitting up? Couldn't sit up. I was literally paralyzed. I was lying there on my back. My arms were folded over my chest. And then at one point I asked myself, well, what could I do right now? Forget getting up and getting out of bed. What can I do? And I was like, I wonder if I could wiggle my fingers. And I did it. And without having to think about what's the next thing and the next thing, I just rolled over and I got out of bed. The easiest point of entry into this task, my nudge forward was wiggling my fingers. And then for any task that we're doing, it's whatever you're able to do at will. What does wiggling my fingers have to do with getting my day going? If we were listing the steps to get out of bed, it wouldn't be step one, wiggle your fingers. But for me, it's what got me out of bed. So maybe I needed to physically unparalyze myself as step one. That is so remedial and so far basic that I had to unparalyze myself with a finger wiggle. So maybe reminding, maybe it was about reminding my body that, hey, I'll, I have control of my limbs. I can make a move. Maybe that was it. But this is only ever about untangling. What does it take to get you moving? Not what does it take a normie to do to get moving? What does it take you, specifically you, what does it take you to get moving? Other ways to untangle the marionette uh, are to be very specific about what you're doing. If you're having to ask yourself, what am I physically doing here? Then you're, you're not specific enough. You know, I'm working on my taxes. That might be way too vague and it might not happen. More specific might be for the next 20 minutes, I'm collecting all my tax statements. Or for the next 20 minutes, I'm going to write down all the documents that I think I need. You take it all the way down to something that you were able to take action on immediately. Something that you can nudge forward on. I'm going to work out today. Might be too vague. What about at 3.30 p.m. this afternoon, an alarm will go off and I will begin to get ready to work out. And at 3.45, my workout starts. I will be following a 20-minute YouTube yoga video and it is bookmarked and ready to go. That might be more doable because it's more specific. And if it's done prior, all these tasks and prep stuff, this is done prior to the actual moment. If we're trying to do all this in the moment, that's when the tension starts. My challenge to you guys this week is 
first of all, just be cool with yourself. It doesn't matter how remedial some of this stuff is. It's all skill building. We just, we're learning skills. If you, if I asked you to sit down and play piano for me and you've barely touched a piano, I mean, good luck. Or think of this from a coaching aspect. We're learning the fundamentals to play our game. This game of life that we get, we, and we have certain special skills that we need in order to thrive. I love that word. Thriving. We want to thrive in life, don't we? So try that. Pick an area of your life where your marionette is all tangled up and give yourself the grace, my lord, to spend a little time untangling and watch as the magic, (laughs) as the magic unfolds. Oh boy. I'm teaching you guys how to do a magic trick. Oh boy. Okay, reach out anytime, guys. Let me know what's up. People have also asked how they can support the show. And if that's you, then first let me say thank you in advance. I really appreciate it. Um, You can always click on support the show in the show notes. Uh, That's where you could financially support the show. Or if you want to help grow the podcast, that would be fun. You could share it on your social media or write an article about it if you're a journalist. That would be neat. And make sure you tell me if you do, because me and my kids, we get excited about that stuff. And with that, I hope you guys have a fantastic week. I'm going back to bed, and I will talk to you later. Later.